Howdy folks, welcome to the Who Am I podcast, um, a podcast where we try to dig into folks' personalities, who they are, where they came from, what makes them tick. Um, I'm your host, Rohan Patel, and let's enjoy another episode. Alright, trying this again. Alright, uh, our first try went poorly, so here's try two. <laughs> um, this is going to be our second We one. are with... Um, Mr. Rene Perez, yes, who also goes as lots of joints, a lot of joints, um, a lot of joints. Um, Hell yeah. Previously, we've met um, through our friends um, Tarek, who owns a smoke shop. Um, a buddy of ours, Carlos, some other friends, uh, and you were just saying how, <clears throat> um, what is it? You worked as a bartender. Currently work as a cashier, but the biggest thing you use to describe yourself is someone who makes music. Yeah, for um, sure. Yeah, you also mentioned you did logistics before too, right? Yeah, I did logistics. What is that like? Zebra logistics. It's pretty crazy, bro. It's definitely the adult life. And, uh, I mean, it's just like work everyone else, everywhere else really, but just exaggerated. It's like, take all that drama and, like, bullshit that you're so used to at work. And not at the smoke shop, because the smoke shop's such a chill job. You don't deal with shit, you get me? Yeah. But, like, when you go to work at a restaurant or something, or, like, anywhere, you're going to deal with bullshit. Yeah, like, all the different personalities or all the different kind of politics or drama involved with the workplace. Exactly, because that's just how work is, period, everywhere. And you just have to learn how to deal with it. And at a logistics company, it's just exaggerated. It's just, like, intense. Like, it's fucking Survivor in there. Like I'm guessing it's, like, and then you it's, trying to manage the trucks and the drivers, someone else trying to get updates from you. It's you trying to do all of that while trying to keep your job. Because if somebody has the chance to fuck you over, they will. Yeah. And, the tr- and you get me? You also have to be a good person and not fuck anyone else over. But you might get fucked over. You get me? But that's that's really life. You just got to, like, stay good because the real people will always win. That's, like, one thing I've learned. Like, that's just the truth. You get me? Like, as long as you keep it real and you know what you're doing, like, you'll be fine. Or as Kendrick would say, stay humble. <laughs> exactly, but... Recently got back into him. Yeah, Kendrick is, is super fire, but... <laughs> but, yeah, like... That that's really what it was, bro. It was so much fucking drama. Like, for example, bro, I was dating a girl since like my sophomore year of high school. My re- I lost my relationship in that job because, like, of the drama that was involved there. Cause she cheated on me with somebody there. I hooked up with also a girl there. Like, shit went crazy. You get me work like like work office work and logistics, especially in Laredo, is fucking insane, dude. Like, it's it's pretty crazy. So. Yeah, that that shit was not for me. <laughs> On the was, bright side, I feel like you might have learned a lot of things that helped you both at bars, restaurants, exactly. and you know at the shop. Exactly, but it definitely you get me. I was like, it definitely it put me through. It definitely yeah, it it taught me a lot of shit because you know a lot of people at my age they were still like you know going out just like drinking, doing normal shit. While I was, like, over here, like, getting my ass banked, like, learning about life, you get me? Uh, getting beat by corporate <laughs> America, getting beat by coworkers. <laughs> and then, um, I actually quit that job, or, but this is what happened. So, 
I would come to Austin every single fucking weekend. I'm talking about every weekend. I didn't miss one weekend. I'd come to Austin every weekend, and I'd come DoorDash, and I'd fucking make like 600 to like a thousand, like on my best time, a thousand one two hundred, and out like for over the weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So I get out of work 5 p.m. and I already I would already have my bags and shit packed, and I'd be like, let's go, and I'd drive to Austin straight to Austin. And then I, as soon as I got here, DoorDash. And then I DoorDash until I was tired and go to my sister's apartment and then sleep, wake up, shower, whatever, go DoorDash and DoorDash the whole fucking day and just smoke in my car and DoorDash. And I would, I would make 200 a day. And this is the way I would calculate it. So you know I'm not bullshitting, bro. I was a real DoorDasher, bro. I had over like 2,000 deliveries on one account. I had over 6,000 deliveries total. I would make like 200 the most i made was like 340 in a day well four well it was actually 480 but i was with like a promo they were doing where it was like if you do 25 deliveries you get an extra 200 and i never saw that again but like <clears throat> anyways but yeah i would i would do that shit a lot and basically you make a hundred dollars between 13 deliveries and 15 deliveries and you make 200 dollars between 20 three deliveries to 25 deliveries so if you do 25 deliveries you're gonna make 200 bucks but you get me you're gonna waste like eight hour eight to 13 hours yeah you get me that's like the estimate you get me so it's okay if you have no other way of making money but and then it's hustling yeah but it maps out, you know, but, driving up for a weekend, that's a $1,000 something dollars sometimes. Exactly, and I would love it because I would get to explore Austin, so I'm just, like, driving all over Austin, like, seeing shit, like, getting to know the area and shit. Like, uh, Santiana, you know, uh, like, his gay uh, boyfriend and shit, like, I would see him at a coffee shop, well, if he's bro. Gay, just his boyfriend. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, sorry, I don't mean like that, but, like. Um, yeah, his boyfriend or partner. Yeah, his partner. Just, like, at the coffee shop, I would see him at the coffee shop. Or, like, I would see a lot of our customers, like, at their work and shit. Because I would be picking up, like, door. I I would pick up order. I, that's how I first walked into Abe Smoke Shop, actually. I picked up an order from Native Grocery, and Carlos was working. And I, I went into the shop, and Carlos was trying to sell me on a bong already. <laughs> and then we were talking for, like, 30, 30 minutes, and he's telling me about how... Uh, he went to a concert for that, uh, for that, uh, what were they, for Cypress Hill, I think it was. Man loves and, music. <laughs> and he was hitting the fucking fat ass bong and shit at their concert or some shit, and I was just like, damn. And I wanted, like, this Luca bong that was there, and he was like, I'll give you a deal on it, and whatever the fuck. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna go DoorDash, I'll come back. And then, like, 30 minutes before they closed, I came back and I bought the fucking <laughs> the bong. And like, like I went home, bro, and I smoked that shit. And I would use that bong. Like I had like two friends from Laredo that lived here but at that time. I was I called them. I was, I was like, bro, like let's smoke. We would just smoke every fucking day. I ended up like fucking myself over because I would only DoorDash and make like thirty bucks, and then just go smoke with them the rest of the day, buy an eighth, and just fucking smoke it all out of the bong. And we would just get stoned as fuck at my friend's house that lives at the fucking domain. We just like watch TV and fucking. Hey, on the bright side, like, you learned that before you were even twenty. <laughs> yeah, but fucking. Like I feel like too many people learn that in their late twenties, and then they yeah. just blow all their money. Yeah. 
Yeah. Do you think anything specifically brought you to Austin, or do you think it was just it was the money? Mm. It was the money. Um, my sister moved up here. Like they were making money, and I was like, "What the fuck? Like, how are they making money?" And it's just because you can't make money like that in Laredo, bro. I don't give a fuck what anyone says. Even though the minimum wage is still technically seven twenty-five here, minimum wage here is fifteen, bro. You can find jobs if not like thirteen an hour. You get me? Nobody's really gonna work for seven an hour in Austin unless they don't got papers. Like, let's be real. Yeah. You get me? Like, er- nobody's gonna accept that shit. Like, everyone's gonna want like at least fifteen or thirteen. You get me? Like, minimum fucking standards. You get me? So that that's what I'm saying. Cause like thirteen an hour, you can just go do that like selling snacks outside. You get me? So. That's why. Pretty fucking insane, bro. But yeah, that's what brought me here. The money, bro. The money, the better weed. Even though I didn't have the plugs for it yet, I knew it was here. You get me? I feel like Austin, in in a city of musicians, you often find all the all the sins you would usually want. <laughs> yeah. And like, it's just a city. You know, Laredo's not really a city. So like, it was pretty dope. You get me? I've never been in the city. Really, so... I feel like I had a similar feeling going to Pittsburgh after being in Allentown for so long. Because, like, Allentown was great growing up as a child. Yeah. But it's so boring as an adult. Yeah, exactly. There's nothing to do. Except get fucked up. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you go to the bar. You have, you can't drink too much. Because then you got to drive back home. Yeah. <laughs> While, like, Pittsburgh, Austin, like, no matter any city you live in, you go out to the street full of bars... You got a fun night, and you Uber back home. <laughs> exactly. Austin, there's so much shit to do. You got laser tag, go-karts, fucking paintballs. So there's even, that. like, an entire side arcade. There's the entire river. There's walking <laughs> trails. Like, you got a dog. It's <coughs> one of the best cities to have a dog. <coughs> Not to mention, if you really wanted weed, there's a lot of good THCA, a lot of fucking good, like, legal shit out there. Yeah, a lot of legal options, like... I feel like we're just advertising for, like, for Tarek's Austin. shop and, like, <laughs> Austin. <laughs> There's so much. Like, hey, check out AIDS Smoke Shop <laughs> if you want to get, you know, legal stuff. <laughs> it's the best smoke shop, bro. It the, is best the best in smoke. Austin. Opening location three. <laughs> bro, I went to a couple of different smoke shops. I'm telling you, like, I would shop around Austin. I got decli- declined from some of them. Like, I've never been able to shop at Wizard Hut and, like, some other places because, like, I went there, like, before I even, like, lived here, and, like, they would always, like, decline me and, like, never let me go. And, like, one time they sold to me, and then they were like, no, we can't sell to you, you get me, and shit like that. See, I just like to go around, because I like seeing what stores have. Because, like, I don't know, when I was in Pittsburgh, I spent a lot of time shopping online. So I figured in Austin, I might as well, like, try to shop more locally and, like, walk around strip malls. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, most strip malls now have a random smoke shop. Yeah. But, like, most of them are kind of, like, dingy, like nothing really of quality and it's either overstocked of stuff i don't want to buy or understocked with still only one thing i want to use this go ahead yeah to finish advertising for uh for the smoke shop um let me toss this in here and pull my script back up ah um so i forgot to mention that uh, this entire podcast started with a friend of mine, um, where uh, we were both part of the same spiritual group growing up, um, and I was an adult, wanted to try to find some kind of way to talk about those kind of things more naturally with people, 
because I find that um, faith is something people often have, but don't really have a defined relationship with when they don't belong to an organized faith. Um, like, there's a growing number of people who define themselves as spiritual but not religious, and that, you know, they believe in, you know, some supernatural or mystical things, um, but don't really have a concrete, you know, like, definition for it. Um, so where would you consider yourself falling within that spectrum? I have no idea what the fuck you just said. Basically, um, do you consider yourself religious, spiritual? Do you believe in anything, or is that yes, something you don't bother to? Yes, motherfucker, I believe in everything. Okay, bro. let's get into it. Like, my... I'm not even... I can say, like... Like, there's a lot of shit out there, bro. You don't know, bro. Bro, bro look, at, look at my entire wall back there. Like, I am all about faith. <laughs> And there's there's so much shit out there, bro. I've seen shit, bro. I've seen a lot of shit. My <clears throat> my ex would um, pray to Santa Muerte, and like her family was like generations of like Santa Muerte witches. If you don't know what that is, just look at what the Santa Muerte is. Um, like I've seen shit even before that. I've seen lechuzas. You get me? I've been chased by lechuzas. I've like. I've seen like all types of shit bro like that shit is all fucking real bro it's it's all real bro and you get me but the truth is is like you're the one who's in control like you just gotta be not scared and if you're like not scared and you're brave and shit then like nothing can fucking happen to you yeah how would you define bravery in that case like just not having fear and like not being scared and being like nah like I'm a fucking badass like you know I me mean? like yeah. so what do you do when you are scared do you just do it anyways or do you no you just you don't let it take you over you just you just gotta keep pushing and just be like nah you get me you get me cause you can't be scared bro like, that's what all that dark energy shit feeds off of. They feed off the fear. You get me? If you're scared of all that shit, it's gonna happen. You're even attracting it, actually. You're making it fuck. You're manifesting that shit at that point to happen. You get me? But if you're just like, nah, that shit's not gonna happen, like, you get me? I'm you're just overly confident at that point. Ex no, not, you're not overly confident. You're just kind of like drawing that shit, the fear out, and then there's no more fear. Because you're not, it's not like you're pretending you're not scared. You're actually not scared because you're telling yourself you're not. So you would you describe it as like, just accepting your situations? Not really. I mean, in a way, yeah. And just being like, like let's fuck say, it, we're going to say we're going to face exactly. this Exactly. So yeah. like, for example, I would say like, let's say I'm scared to perform on stage and I'm an artist or a musician. Yeah. Like just being like, you know what? Like, fuck it. I've been practicing so long and like, I've done all this shit. I'm gonna be on that stage. That's the attitude you gotta have, bro. You when you're doing this shit, you can't have. You gotta have that because there's always gonna be shit that's gonna bring you down, bro. Like I'm telling you, I I totaled my car, lost my job, lost my fucking girlfriend I was with three years, lost respect from like all my family, and I had to rebuild all of that. I had to walk to work. You get me for three months to another small shitty logistics company where I was ranked lower 
but I had more knowledge than everyone there because it was still a starting company. Yeah. Like the programs that the higher people knew, like they they were asking me for help because I came from a company where like that it was, was bigger. knowledge. Exactly. You get me? So it you know it was it was pretty crazy, bro. And then I had to you know save up for my car and shit. And then I was like, okay, I got my new car. Now I'm gonna go back to Austin. And that's exactly what the fuck then I did. Austin, then making it work, and then from there, some setbacks, getting the studio, some more setbacks, smoke shop. Exactly. Then now we got Cry, oh wait, Cry 2? <laughs> Hell yeah, bro. And this time we're going to make it work. Exactly. <clears throat> Alright, so let's see, going on to the next question. Um, what currently gives you joy, and what do you do to maximize that joy? We um, bro. <laughs> fair. I mean... You're weed. honest and straightforward about weed it. Weed gives me joy, bro. Whenever I'm fucking, like, not when I'm pissed, but, like, honestly, like, it just makes it just makes me fucking happy. Is anything in specific about it? <laughs> like, is it a memory from it? I or? guess, yeah, bro. I've been smick, uh, smoking. smoking. I've been smoking since I was, like, fucking 13, 11, you get me? But 13 was when I was cheap and hard, but I've been smoking since I was 11, 12, you get me, like... I've been smoking, bro, like, rolling joints, like, I've been doing that, like, for real, bro, so it's, like, I don't know, it just relaxes me, there has been, like, two times, a lot of older people tell me, and my my older, oldest sister is one of them, that, like, when they smoke, they get, like, a panic attack, and it's because it happens when you get older, apparently, and you smoke a shit ton of weed, but I, I don't know, you get me, I'm gonna have to see for myself about that, but... That's what everyone says. I've met people at the smoke shop that says that. I've met, you know, I know a lot of people, like, from my hometown that, like, say that shit. Yeah, so you might as well enjoy it while you can. <laughs> exactly. So right now I'm fucking, I'm smoking, bro. And I'm gonna smoke. And, yeah, that's just it, bro. And it, it just helps me, like, relax and, like, it just helps me continue, bro. It just, like, numbs everything, honestly. Like, <clears throat> Let's see. So because we still have a lot of, or not do that. It makes not because, because we don't have a lot of questions. I'll just drill in. Um, what else brings you joy? Or do you only have one thing that brings you joy? We not joy. <laughs> it's no. one thing and one thing only. I'm a very simple man. Nah, no. no, definitely, definitely music uh, brings me a lot of joy. Um. What got you, what got you, what got you into music? Was it also from a young age or did you pick that up later? Yeah, it was also from a young age. I first started playing the guitar and I think I was 10 or 9. Ah, I bought a guitar but I can't play. And then yeah, and then I moved on to the drums a year later and then I realized, "Oh shit, this is what I really love." And then I did the drums for about 4 years. I even like did live performances with like people at like that learning place you get me because they would like be in a band and shit and they would like me because i was a little kid and everyone was like what the fuck he's a little kid and i'd be like drunk just banging away yeah like well i feel like kids have a creativity with beats that like adults don't just don't have because like i feel like we have like especially people who have any formal training like they're so restricted in terms of like oh i've been playing it this way for so long that like i have rules i just follow yeah while like kids are like nah I'm gonna just play whatever. Yeah. Let's see, so we're at two things. Do, do you have a third thing that brings you joy? Or 
Or you're a very simple man. Just two things, as long as you have weed and you got music, you're happy. Pretty much, those two things can get me through anything. I mean, if I'm being honest, like, not, I mean, I'm not talking about, like, family or anything. Right, well, like, relationships and all that, you love your family, you love the people in your life. Yeah, but, like, but, like, weed and music just keep me going. Like, when I was young, bro, I'd get in trouble a lot. Like, I was a seven-time felon as a juvenile. Like, I had all types of felonies from, like, felonies of selling weed to, like, like fucking coke and like all types of shit bro and like the way i would get through like i had probation throughout my whole high school my whole high school i was like on a leash by the fucking government like by straight up bro i was going to juvie and shit like not going to like you had tosm in your life not going to actual school having to go to like that secondary school where all the motherfuckers all the crazy motherfuckers are and, like, being there all the time and, like, always being in juvie and, like, doing community service, like, for fucking three years in a row. And, like, <laughs> like you get me probation five years, bro. Ended in fucking 2021. Let me dump this call. Let me just text saying... You were saying, uh, on a leash from the government during child childhood, community service. Exactly, bro. Probation, like, you have to be home by 6 p.m., bro. 7 p.m. I was on intensive probation. I was on the most intense probation anyone can have. I was one lockup away from being sent to TYC, or effort. I think that's what it was called. I already forgot what the fuck <laughs> it was called. Like... Which is basically like the juvenile prison here in fucking in Texas, and it's and fucking. You know how Texas and, loves prisons. And and when you the juvenile prison, when you get entered into there, you don't get out till you're 22. Yeah, in fucking Texas, bro, because it's fucking crazy. So there's real motherfucking rapists and gangbangers and like real killers in there, and you get me. And I know motherfuckers that got sent to TYC and in juvie that would always be like coming back and i knew them you get me like when i would go to lock and get locked up i would chill bro i wouldn't be the cleaning the fucking toilet fuck no bro because i would be there all the time you get me so i knew everybody already you get me i knew the fucking people and shit so it's like you get me i just go back and it's like oh i'm back and then it's like and then there's this dude that his name was a fucking Cortez I'm gonna just call him by his last name and he he was like some white dude. he was like completely white but he was like Mexican dude and this dude was fucking crazy bro like he was fucking crazy dude this dude was nuts like one morning like he'd been there for two months already right and look it's cause the thing is you get hungry in there cause at first when you get in there here's the thing when you get locked up you gotta eat your food if you don't it's disrespectful yeah. to everyone else cause there's people there that have been there for longer times and you gotta understand that when you can't eat food whenever the fuck you want like and you have like a schedule you get hungry you get me and so like when you stay there for so long time you, you just start to get hungry even though you're they're feeding you all these meals on time you get hungry. You get really hungry. 
So this dude had been there for two months already, and he was, like, super fucking hungry. And, like, there was, we had, like, some egg, and, like, some, one of the dudes, like, it was his first day there, and, like, he threw away the egg and shit, like, into, into the trash. And, like, uh, like, the fucking guard, like, he, there's this restroom, right? Sometimes they let us go into, there's this restroom that's meant for, like, disability, but it's, like, right there. And they don't let us go back into, like, our cells and use the restroom or do anything. So, like, we have to ask permission to use the restroom for them to open the door and, like, go in there, whatever the fuck. So, um, uh, he asked permission. He was like, oh, can you open the door, like, to the fucking JSO? And then the JSO was like, oh, yeah, whatever the fuck, I'll open the door. And he opened the door, and then he, like, fucking, he hit the JSO, and he fucking, he, he took the bag of, of the trash, bro. And he started eating all the fucking egg from the trash. All of the eggs, bro. And, like, he was just eating it. And it was so sad, bro. Like, this, And he was just, like, laughing and shit. And then all the fucking securities, they, like, called all of them. Like, whenever you do something, they get excited because then they're allowed to fuck you up. Yeah. Well, so, like, I feel like guards are always itching for a reason to beat someone up. Exactly. So, so um, they, like, asked them to open the door. So they opened the door and, like, five guards just, like, rushed him and like fucked him up and like put him in the fucking nursery nurse like shit like dead ass bro like <coughs> America. but that dude every time I would get locked up he was always there like he was always there and the last time I was there you get me um I was like nah I was I was 16 or 17 I can't remember I think I was 17 actually and I was scared that they were gonna charge me as an adult but they char- they didn't because my probation was still ongoing from juvenile. So they they just kept it as a juvenile charge even though I was 17. You get me? So I was already the oldest person in the juvenile. I went like, and I the first time I was in juvie, I was fucking 13. So like, I was in there when like there was bigger kids and then I ended up being like fucking big and still there. And then, and then that dude got sent away to that place, TYC. But yeah, so I don't know. He's probably still there right now. But yeah, and I remember when they said that they're sending him. He was crying, and he had been there for when I got there. He had been there for two months already because they make you sign a paper, right? A contract. You have to sign it, and then you get sent. But if you don't sign it, you just stall time. So mm-hmm. they just keep you there. They can't let you go. You can spend a year and not sign it. You still have to sign it and go do your time. So literally, and then he finally signed it one day, and he was fucking crying, bro, like a baby, like 15-year-old, like, 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 feathering that's, like, basically lived like an adult, like, crying. Yeah, like, well, you're, you're like, all tatted up and point, shit, like, and, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, 15 years old, what do you do then? Mm-hmm. Well, in more pleasant news, <clears throat> let's move to the next question. Um, what are some, what are some things you feel that you connect to or identify strongly to? Uh, Any specific parts of your identity? Any parts of your professional background? Any parts of your hometown? um, I don't really understand the question. What? I do have to go. Solid. What? This was a good part one um, interview, guys. Uh, Thank you for listening for, like, 
the interesting shit and um yeah, yeah thank, for a while Let's thank, see how thank you for having me bro yeah, oh no oh. problem Let's hit stop. Hey, folks. Thanks for listening. Uh, like, subscribe, comment, share. I don't know how the internet works, but all the things to make the algorithm gods happy. Take care.